Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. Christy, this is Jim. How can I help you? Okay, I talked to you a few weeks ago about Hardy Siding, and you convinced me that was the way to go. Uh-huh. Now what I need to know is um, what I need to do with un- what's underneath it, which is vinyl siding with... Uh, that 4x8 insulation board, which is about 25 years old, which is on top of the original wood siding. Um, I know the vinyl needs to come off. What about right. the insulation board and the original wood siding? It's all going to depend on the, ki- the condition that that original wood siding is in. If, okay. it's, if it's not rotted, you actually would use that as your underlayment and be able to go right over it. If it's got a lot of rot on it, then that has to come off. And, you know, if it's just spots that can be replaced, then you can go over it. That's fine. But if it's huge areas, they would end up taking all of it off. And okay. really, nobody's going to know that un- until they start stripping the wall. So you would need to take the insulation board off? In, in order, order to check it, yep. Yeah, okay. And and, and, and here's the reason for that. Uh and sometimes contractors will try to say, no, we'll just go over that insulating board. Yeah. But you really need to check behind it because one of the problems with using that insulating board in our climate is it will tend to sweat behind it. Mm-hmm. And that that would promote the rot of that wood behind there. Okay, and it's, since it's 25 years old anyway, uh, well, would you put new insulation board on it or can it just go back over the wood uh, siding? I personally would go back over the wood siding. I would not put the insulating board. Okay. Uh, what would you do? Like, I think there's no insulation on the inside, you know, walls. Um, what What's your best recommendation as far as getting more insulation in this process? H- how old is the home? Uh, late 40s. Yeah, a house built in the late 40s would have had no insulation in it at all when it was built. So you got a couple of choices here. If you end up stripping that old wood siding because it's rotted, mm-hmm. your your walls are open, that's a time to add insulation. Just regular uh, insulation. You can use, either use a fiberglass insulation or you can use the spray foam insulation. Either way. One, if, is one better than the other? Well, inch for inch, the spray foam's going to give you a higher R value than the fiberglass will. Okay. Uh, and it seals up the air gaps and air leaks and all that stuff. So, But it does cost more. So you'll have to weigh up the cost versus uh, the benefit as far as for doing it on your particular project. Uh, if you're going to stay in the house for a long time, the foam is the way to go. Because it also, not only does it insulate better... Uh, it also deadens the sound from outside substantially, like up to 80%. Well, if the wood is still good, can you go in with the foam spray? Uh... Yes, there are some retrofits uh, where you can retrofit foam into an existing wall uh, and and fill the cavity that way if the wood is still good. And then after you've done that, you can put the new siding on and everything looks great. Uh, give if the boards are rotten, then what do you go in under the hardy? What do you put on, 
or just the hardy goes right on the, the wood. Are you going with the lap siding, or are you going to use 4 by 8 sheets? Oh, I haven't gotten which which is better. Oh, there is no better. They're both great. It just depends on the look you like better. Okay. I would say uh, maybe and, the lap, probably. And and I, I will tell you that's probably the most popular hardy siding. That, in fact, that's what I've got on my house. Uh, if you're going to put the lap on, I really recommend that you put plywood on first and then put the uh, siding on over that if you oh. have to strip the boards. Oh, okay. And and even if you're using the 4 by 8 sheets, I still recommend that. And the main reason for it is it gives you something solid back there for the uh, hardy to be nailed to and as, as well as just to uh, strengthen the installation process. Okay, well, that's what I needed to know. Thank you so much. Let's go to Beaumont. And, Billy, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hello, Jim. I uh, have got about a 19-year-old mobile home, and it has that uh, seamed metal roof. Uh, had some mistakes, uh, I guess, you know, trying to repair it over time with just a cool seal. Had some winds, and I need to go to a different method. You know, somebody's recommended putting a whole roof over the thing, and I just hate doing that. Um, and I've looked at rubber roofing sheet material, and I was just wondering if you had any experience with that and you had any recommendations. Yeah, the, the rubberized roofing is used all the time on flat roofs, and I've got two places with it. It does very well. Uh it has a lifetime life expectancy of somewhere around 15 to 20 years. I mean, it's not a forever roof. Now, I will tell you, though, those metal roofs on a trailer like that, you do have to seal the seams up typically every one to two years in order to maintain those things. And once they start leaking, it's, it's really tough to seal it up. Uh, I'm like you, though. I'm not a, a big fan of building a roof on top of the roof, uh, you know, mostly just aesthetics, but it does work. And be honest with you, it will help to lower your uh, energy consumption in the trailer because it creates uh, like a shade tree over the top, so it, the the roof won't heat up like it used to any longer. But the rubberized roofing materials absolutely is a good way to go. And would you go with the white rather than a black? Because I mean that. The, the white seems to be quite a bit more expensive uh, just for the sake of energy. Well, here, here's the two things on, on the colors. The white reflects the heat, so during the day, uh, it, it is definitely going to be cooler. The black releases the heat faster at night, and so it cools off quicker at night than the white does, lowering the, the energy consumption at night. If it was mine, I would go with the white. Uh, mostly because you're going to have much higher energy usage during the day than you will at night anyways. Hello, Jim. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, Jim. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. Hey, I've got a question for you. I don't know if you've ever come across this. In our master bathroom shower, we I think we have a bit of a, of a pest problem. We've got every day I'll see like one or two very small like water bugs, I guess it's nice way to put it, and and they're in like the corners of the shower. And I've checked the shower, and the talking is good. And so I'm assuming they're coming up through the drain. 
well, this has been going on for several weeks and it's recent, and we don't have any infestation at home or anything like that. We have pest control people come in and stuff. So I'm just trying to figure out how to deal with this. I mean, it scares my wife to death. I'm trying trying to tell her, you know, we don't need to rip out the drain or anything, but what would you recommend? How how old a home is it? It was built in 83. Okay. And the reason I was asking that, this happens in older homes that have cast iron pipes when a cast iron pipe breaks. Oh, and it really? it leaves okay. it open where things can get in under, underneath. So it is possible. It's not likely, but it is possible, even on a home with PVC plumbing, that they get a break and bugs uh-huh. can come in that way. Um so that is probably one of the first things I would check is to make sure that there's not a, a break in the pipe by doing what's called a static test, okay. where the, okay. the plumbers will will plug the sewer exit, fill the entire system with water, and make sure it holds. I got you. Okay. The secondary thing then, since the house is built in 83, you are at the right age where, has that shower ever been rebuilt? No. Huh. Okay. I will I will bet you however much money you want to bet that behind the tile is sheetrock. Uh you know it's, it's that prefabbed uh marble stuff and Okay, so you do have, have a pref Okay. Yeah, it's, it's real heavy and and uh and dense stuff and it looks yep. like it's just panels that they all put together. So, it it yeah. they do. And yeah. any chance that any of the joints are leaking on that? No, I mean I looked at it and they and they all look pretty sound, you know. As okay. Far as, and I'm, I mean I'm gonna go in and strip out some caulk and recaulk and hopefully that that is all the issue. But we don't have any, like you know, if we had a problem, I think I would see those little bugs everywhere else. Because you know, frankly, I think they're just little baby cockroaches. Don't tell my wife that, but I think I, I describe them as water bugs. It sounds friendlier to her. But um, <laughs> yeah, that don't work with my wife what, either. I think so that's what it is. <laughs> So, you know, she's uh, she's not buying in, but we're trying. So, anyway. Yeah. I really think that you're going to find that when you test the uh, drain line, uh-huh. that you that you got a, a, a break. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, man, I appreciate it. I will uh, take those things under advisement. Thanks, Jim. I All right. You take show. care. It's Bye-bye. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, you got to watch those drain lines because uh, they can cause a world of hurt on your home. Not just the bugs, but they can cause foundation movement as well. We'll be right back. Kim, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. I, I have a quick question for you about concrete. I had some concrete um, poured in July, and I it was driveway, um, patio, sidewalks, and everything. Um, beautiful. It was that museum-like um, concrete, that, and they did an acid wash on it. Uh-huh. The, the problem that I have is that um, right after Harvey, there was a crack in one of the concrete pads, and it was like it's at one of the main um, focal points in my yard. You know, like it's like right before the entry where you step up to my house. Right. Um, what would you do about that? I, I um, was talking to the contra- contractor about it and the cement guy, and he said, Basically, if he tries to pour another pad, it won't match everything. 
or he can try to repair it, um, but that just creates more attention and doesn't. He, he wasn't recommending that, or you could leave it alone. So I was. I just wanted to get your feedback on that. How wide a crack is it? Um, it's a hairline crack, but it goes from one side to the other. Leave it alone. Okay. All that's, concrete that's... cracks. Okay. And we the the steel is in it to hold it together when it does crack. Okay. And, you know, we put expansion joints and stuff to try to control where the cracks are going to happen. But, it, right. you know, the, the concrete, Mother Nature has a mind of its own. And so it doesn't <laughs> always do what we try to get it to do. And uh, it, it doesn't sound like the contractor really did anything wrong. You're right. gonna You're going to have hairline cracks in it. Okay. I just didn't want it so soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I got to be honest. Normally you'll have it, you know, usually within the first two weeks. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. The other question I had real quick, too, is I noticed that there is a lot of spotting from tree leaves and from flower buds on the trees. Um, Any thoughts on that? Uh, You could look at putting a sealer on there to make it easier to clean them off. Okay. But as far as getting them off, uh, you know, it's in most cases a pressure washer will do it, but... Uh, what what really hits the concrete harder than what comes out of the trees is when we fertilize our yards and stuff. You'll mm-hmm. get those iron deposits that hit. You know the it's a grant the granule from the fertilizer will sit on the concrete when it rains. It mm-hmm. soaks into the pores of the concrete. That just never comes out. Oh wow! Well, that's good to know. Yeah, this I've been using bleach on it and scrubbing it and. Um, and that's, that's all I've used so far. But that, yeah. that has worked, but I didn't know if there was something to help yeah, you, you, you can you could do a masonry sealer on there, mm-hmm. and that will make it where it'll come off much easier. Okay. Thank you so much. That, You're that welcome. Helpful. Have all a right. great weekend. All right. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's go to Kingwood and Brian. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. I have a 10-year-old home. And in the kitchen, we have eight recessed lights operated by three wall switches on, you know, opposite corners. And we have one, at least one, maybe two of the cans that repeatedly burn out the light bulbs very quickly. I've tried different light bulbs, uh, different wattages, reducing, you know, stepping down the wattage, trying to keep the heat down. Uh, I'm, I'm really at a loss. And when and when you say it burn, they burn out quickly. How quickly? Days. Ooh. Like, like ten to fourteen days. Okay. And you're running incandescent bulbs in them. Yes, sir. The 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 spotlight. Yep. Bulbs that 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 were in there when the builder put them in. Okay. I'm going to make a suggestion to you because what it sounds like is it's not getting enough power. And what I'm wondering is if you got just with so many lights on the system that it's just getting uh, too much draw for the wattage, you know, that's okay. that's able to go through there. Try some LED bulbs in there. LEDs draw way less power. They've got them now that look just like regular bulbs. Uh, they're dimmable like any other light bulb, and uh, I, I think if you went with an LED bulb, that that would solve your problem. 
should I try that with just the one or two recurring cans or change them all out? I would personally, I would start with the one or two that are giving me a problem. And if that, I mean, especially since it's happening in days, put those in. And if it holds up for a, for a couple of weeks, change the rest of them because that'll drop the total power consumption. Right. And, and, and the other benefit that you're going to find, the LED bulbs aren't going to be putting out the heat that those light bulbs that you've got right now are. Uh, it will, it'll truly make a difference on the temperature in that room. Fantastic. That's exactly what I will do. Okie doke. Well, you have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for your help. Sounds like a fairly easy uh, fix or at least attempt. Thank you. It is. And I think you're going to find that that's going to really, really make a big change for you. Paul, this is Jim. Welcome to 740 KTRH. How are you doing? Wonderful. How about you? Doing well, thank you. I have a question. I have a house in Montgomery, older house, and it's got metal ductwork, round metal ductwork. And I'm beginning to get some mold on the sheetrock ceiling around the diffuser. Now, okay. I have clean, I've cleaned the ductwork. I have taken out the squirrel cage and cleaned it. I have checked all the insulation. It says exterior wrapped all around everything, taped everything. And uh, I have metal diffusers. Right. So that's my story. Is it running all the time, the air conditioner? Yeah, she keeps it pretty chilly in there. Okay. And and that's totally fine. Uh, I just want to make sure you weren't shutting it off, you know, for a week or two, and then and then it comes back on and that kind of stuff. Uh, and when you checked all the insulation, did you make sure the insulation right down by the sheetrock where the ductwork goes in is nice and tight around everything? Yes. We moved all the insulation out of the way and actually cleaned it off and taped it. Okay, but did you put insulation back? Yes. Okay, because that's normally what the problem is. Usually what it happens is there's an air leak somewhere there, and the cold air meeting the warm air of the attic causes it to sweat. Now, the secondary thing that it can be is when was the last time the unit was serviced? Uh, about six months ago, whenever we started this process. And okay. before that, it said never happened in 20 years. I think you need to get somebody else out there to check it because the other thing that can cause this, if because mm -hmm. it sounds like you've already checked all the insulation and all that stuff, is if something is is uh, changing the airflow. We're not getting enough air going across the coils or the air, there's too much air going across the coils. It can change the amount of humidity that gets taken out of the air and that can cause it to start sweating on those vents that way. And a lot of people don't realize this, but on most air conditioning units, the way they hook the wires up for the motor can control how fast that motor spins. And if, if somebody made a change to it when the last service was done, mm -hmm. they could have they could have inadvertently changed the speed of that motor and that's why you're having the issue. So a higher speed Higher or lower, either one can cause the problem. Okay. Blaine, this is Jim. How can I help you? Yes, sir. I have a house that was built in 2006, and uh, I was pulling the baseboards off of near the back door. It looks like there's mildew on the sheetrock. Sheet and after investigating a little bit, looks between the door, the back door and the brick, there's a lot of rotted wood right there. Yep. 
And I was wondering, is that normal? Would that um, do I need to replace the whole door jam, all the the two by fours around it, and then also the sheetrock near it? It, it? it really depends on how rotted it, it is. How rotted it is. I can put my finger through it. <laughs> it's time for it to come out then. Okay. Is now you don't have to replace the 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 two by four studs all the way up. You cut it. You know, get up to where it's solid. You may only have say a three inch base that needs to come out. Okay. So you cut the three inches off, you put that three inch piece in, and then behind it you fish plate another piece that goes up like 12 inches and nail okay. it into place to hold that together. All right, that sounds easy enough. Yeah. Um, and uh, do I need to worry about mold or anything? Like do I need to treat it with some kind of microbial spray? or? If it's been wet, yes. Uh, I would definitely recommend treating it. And then when you put the new door in, uh-huh. What caused this problem is it's had water leaking around the door casing. Got you. Okay. Make sure that's all sealed up well. Okay. Makes sense. Thank you very much. You bet. Take care. You too. Bye. And, you know, I, I, and I say this all the time. One of the things you got to watch is that as your home ages, the caulking has to be replaced and, and kept up with. Uh, around windows, doors, places like that, uh, around water spigots, things like that, because it will start leaking, and as it leaks, materials start to deteriorate, and then you get into big repairs. It's much easier as if just once a year we go around, we check all the caulking. If you start seeing cracking, it's time to peel it up and replace it. When you do, get a good 35- to 50-year caulk. And it, it'll in our Texas heat, it'll probably give you a good 10 to 15 years use. And uh, this came from Joe in Leonard, Texas. Is spray-on radiant barrier as effective as radiant sheets? Can you recommend anyone who does the spray-on? Uh, no, they are not as effective as the sheets. What you will find is the sheets block 97, 95 to 97% of the heat transfer. And a radiant uh, spray blocks typically 65%. And that's if it's mixed right and applied right. Now, if you want looking for somebody who can help you with radiant barriers, insulation, things like that, uh, call DFW Radiant Barrier uh, and Insulation at 817-205-2232. Again, that's 817-205-2232. So that was a, a email question that came in actually last night, a little after 8 o'clock. So, uh, and for, there, are, uh, there are truly times where you use a spray-on barrier. In your attic, on the roof deck, really isn't one of them where you ought to be using it. It is too easy to put the foil in there. Spray-on barriers are made, they were originally developed for military use in, mil- in in military vehicles, tanks, personnel carriers, things like that. They were metal. You couldn't load it with insulation and stuff. So they sprayed this radiant barrier inside, and it would help reflect the heat, you know, keep the heat from penetrating in, and help maintain a, a cooler temperature inside those vehicles. But you are much better off with the foil barriers in your home because we have the space to to um, put them in properly 
thing to remember though, there are many different types of foil barriers. In fact, you know, I, I, I was just recommending DFW radiant barrier and insulation. They carry 17 different types of radiant barriers. They're not all the same. So, you know, keep that in mind when, when you start looking for what you need for your project. Mike, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Uh, hi. Hello. How you okay. doing? How can I help you? Good. Well, I'm fixing to uh, start construction on a new house and wanted to ask you what you thought the most important things that we should include for energy conservation. I'm going to be using a standing seam metal roof. Okay. And uh, I'm assuming there'll be a deck underlayment uh, that would be a radiant barrier, but uh, I, I, I'm not sure if we decided on whether full encapsulation with spray in uh, foam everywhere is what we want to go. Um, I have a little fear of the building being, quote, too tight. Yes. And I, I was going to say, I do not recommend full encapsulation for that reason. When it, the building gets too tight, it, it promotes too much humidity inside the home. You, get, you become too dependent on the air conditioner to bring in fresh air from outside. Uh, I definitely would recommend foam insulation in the walls. And the reason for that, inch for inch, it gives you the highest R value of any insulation available. Plus, it's able to stop any air infiltration through the walls. But by using fiberglass in the attic, the home is still able to breathe. Uh, and so you don't get into that uh, being closed up too tight and stuff. Okay. So you wouldn't recommend full encapsulation, and so no. roof decking, I assume you would recommend the solar decking. But yes, the, the with radiant barriers, there, absolutely. Is there any metal roof system that you know of that um, incorporates some form of radiant barrier as part of the roof, or are they just going to be something you put under the roof? It, it would be something that you would add to it. I don't know okay. of any, any roofing material that has it as part of it at this time. Okay. All right. And as far as um, um, air conditioning, heating, and, and tankless water heaters versus conventional water heaters, any strong recommendations there? Oh, I have some heavy recommendations for that. In fact, Mike, if you don't mind, I, I need to take a break for news, traffic, and weather. I'm sure. going to put you on hold, and when we come back, we'll start addressing some of the other issues that you need to deal with. Because there is a okay. lot of things we can do to our homes to make them extremely energy efficient. When we left, I was talking with Mike, and... Mike is looking at building a, a new home, and Mike, we, we already talked about, you know, uh, insulation, but let me ask you a couple questions. Are you building a custom home, or is it a track home? Custom. Okay. First thing, where are you building at? What part of Texas? Uh, in the, uh, in between the uh, Westlake area, basically. Okay. Have you had a soils report done yet? Yeah. Good. Make sure to follow that. The biggest mistake I see a lot of people make uh, is they, that the engineers don't look at the soils reports thorough enough and follow all the re recommendations of the soils engineer. They start saying, okay, well, it, you know, there's a 65% chance that it'll swell all the way or not. And, and so they roll the dice on your home's foundation. Don't do that. It is so okay. cheap to do it right to start with as compared okay. to hiring somebody like me to come in later. Uh, next is on the water heater, definitely mm -hmm. go tankless. 
Go tankless. Okay. Uh, now, they, they make several different types of tankless water heaters. Some are much more efficient than others. If, if the tankless water heater you're looking at requires a double-wall stainless steel vent, it's not one of the efficient ones. You're looking for one that uses PVC for venting because that means you're using all what, what was that? a PVC, just a plastic pipe for the vent. Okay. All right. Uh, because that that makes it really efficient. Navion is a tank uh, is a gas type tankless water heater. I recommend all the time. Uh, it, it's a great system. Uh, right. Then when we get into air conditioning, you asked about air conditioning. You know, typically builders will go with a standard single page, uh, single speed air conditioning system and right now 14 sear is the minimum that they can put in and that's normally what they would put in i highly recommend that you take a look at two type of systems one if you're going to go with a normal duct type system take a look at the carrier uh infinity and that's right. variable speed it really makes the the mm -hmm. air comfortable in the home yeah that's what but, i have now okay mm -hmm. And your other option would be to look at a ductless type system. And with a ductless, every single room can have its own control and temperature in it. You know, if you went back 10 years ago, ductless systems were really being just introduced in this country. They've been in Europe for years. And we, when we first got them here, we were only putting one cassette per outside unit. They've got outside units now that will run 16 cassettes, and the cassette is the unit that goes into each room. So and, where does the actual refrigerant reside, outside? Correct. The, the, the compressor and everything is outside, and it just uses the tubes. It uses copper tubes that go to each cassette inside the, the room. Uh-huh. And so you can vary the temperature in that room. There's no ducts to run through the house, and they've got ceiling mount or wall mount type units nowadays. What does and it they, aesthetically look like? You know, if you get the ceiling mount, it doesn't look a whole lot different than than the air going into an air conditioning unit. Okay. They're they're right. really not that unsightly anymore. Okay. And like I say, they got a lot of different styles of them, but one of the beautiful parts of them is. As compared to a standard unit that's operating at 13 to, even if you get the uh, the carrier elite, you're up in the 18 to 20 sear rating. These ductless systems, the, because of the way they operate and continuously are, are moving air and you're able to control rooms that way, you can easily get up a lot of times into the 30, 35 sear rating. What would be a manufacturer you would recommend, any, any particular one? Uh, the one I put in my house was from Carrier. Carrier? Okay. Yeah. Is there a significant front-end exposure expense-wise versus a standard type of unit? Well, it, it, because you're looking at brand-new construction, it, it's actually going to be comparable to the uh, type of system you have now since you've got the Carrier Infinity. Mm -hmm. uh, because you the, the, the added money that the ductless system would cost comes off of the ducts. Okay. Because you're not going to have to install ducts. And by not installing ductwork, that also gives you more flexibility on the construction of the home as well, because you're not having to have space for all the ducts to run. So you don't have to have, don't have, to have return air events and things Correct. like that. Correct. Correct. Let's see. Okay. So that's good advice. Uh, I hadn't thought of that. Now, 
on the outside of the house you know everybody always a lot of people go with with brick and all that stuff that's great but i, I do want you to take a look are you going to do brick or are you going to use siding well we have limited choices because okay. of restrictions from the city okay so it has and, to be stone okay well, stone is great i love stone and the main reason i was asking is people don't realize but we, if you do a, a house that's all siding whether you're using james hardy or wood or anything that's siding you can do what's called skin venting and that allows air to come in the bottom goes up and escapes up into the attic and and out the roof really makes the whole house like it's in a shade tree all the time uh really great thing to do if you're using brick or stone like you're using you're going to have a dead space behind the wall anyways but I really would recommend that you take a look at some radiant barrier to put in those walls. Uh, you okay. can literally, by by doing the whole house with a radiant barrier, you can a lot of times drop your energy consumption by as much as 40 to 60%. Because your biggest energy consumer is your AC system, and the, it, it dramatically reduces what it needs to run for AC. The uh, southern exposure will be half underground, so that will help a little. So. Make sure they put a French drain system around. Oh, it's, uh, that's been the big engineering expense so far. Is the engineering the whole house will be yes built with a with a, a gravel underlayment that the entire house can drain underneath the house if it has to it's on piers. And, and since only part of the house is in it, I, I imagine you're able to uh, have daylight exits for it, so you don't have to yeah. worry about pump system and such. Yeah. The, well. Uh, Actually, no, we'll have to pump up because uh, the closest sewer line that's far enough away is quite a way. Ah, okay. So we have to still go up. But uh, the, the, I'm most paranoid about the, 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 uh, the drain system in the basement type, uh, walkout type basement. That does make me a little paranoid. Don't be. It, it, the the key things on that, because I've had to go in and rebuild a couple of them for, for people where they didn't take the time to put in a, a drain system. The key thing is make sure you have the, the rock. But a lot of times what they'll do is if they use a gravel type French drain system, they don't put a system also on the wall of the basement area. Anytime I'm doing one, I'm doing both. I put a regular drain system that attaches to the wall itself so any water that hits it drains down into my french drain pipes but i also use the gravel and behind the wall system i've already put a sealer as well so it's triple coated uh it, it, you really won't have any issues with that the key thing to watch though when your contractor's doing it they a lot of times get the pipes for the drain just a little bit too high make sure they're down low enough so that any water that does get into the system is going into the pipe. Should it be below it, the footing or even with the footing? It, it needs to be below the top of the footing. Below the top. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And that's where they make the mistake. For some reason, they always want to get two inches above. Well, that leaves two inches of water to come in the house. Right. You, so do you uh, do you have any knowledge of these uh, synthetic... Uh, gravel-like materials they put in so that uh, keeps more space, supposedly so dirt can't infiltrate as easily and things like that. Is any, any familiar with those? They're like there's some sort of a composite material. They're made like little uh, like little peanuts, kind of like little H blocks, and they put them around there just instead of gravel. 
Yeah, I have seen them, and i got to be honest, I haven't been real impressed with them yet. They, okay. they, they right. haven't been around long enough. Uh, good old-fashioned, big big aggregate gravel is just as good? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Make okay. sure it's wrapped in fabric, though, to keep the dirt out of it. Right. Yeah. It's, like I said, that's, that's my biggest area of paranoia is having a basement leak. That does make me stay up awake at night sometimes. Yeah. Well, when a new system it, it, when a new system is put in, the typical lifespan of one of those is about thirty years or so. One thing you can do to extend the life of it, though, is where mm-hmm. the uh, when the system is put in, make sure it has cleanouts all the way up to the ground surface, so you can run a snake and cameras through it to to clean out. Because the biggest thing that causes them to to malfunction is right. a plug up. Right. Right. Yeah, that's that is, we we've talked about. It. We haven't really decided how that's going to work, but yeah, I think we should uh, do that for sure. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm going to tell you one other thing. My personal opinion, after working on a lot of different systems, I think a lot of times the engineers use too big of rock. Okay. I personally like to use a pea gravel because. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it's a tighter. It slows the water flow down a little bit, but it does allow it to get down into to where it needs to be, uh, and you get less dirt infiltration because it doesn't have such big openings for the dirt to get into. Okay. Anyways, that's okay. just my two cents on it. Good. Appreciate it. Uh, on your electrical system, uh huh. Oversize your input. Technology okay. keeps keeps changing. Keeps changing. Right. And, you know, houses that were built 40 years ago are having to upgrade their electrical services only because we're, we're putting in more and more electronics all the time. So up your uh, amp loads coming in, yep. estimated, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, I don't know how big a house you're building. Most homes nowadays use between 150, 200 amps coming in. I, can t- I will tell you, when I did, redid my electric service, I brought 400 amps into my house. Whoa. Okay. Th- th- it was... It was it was a couple hundred dollars difference. And wow, I don't, that's not I just, much. I, yeah, I just don't have to worry about it anymore. Good advice. Okay, great. That's very it. helpful. Very helpful. All right. Any uh, any pointers for uh, places I should read up on this or do any more studying? I mean, there's obviously lots and lots of things on the web. I'm just thinking I don't want to filter through eight thousand yeah, places. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I don't have any single place to recommend you to go to because most of what I talk about is just years of experience in, in doing mm-hmm. things. And so I just don't have okay. a single source to, to recommend to you. Okay. Well, good advice. Appreciate the help. Mike, if you have any other questions, by all means, feel free to call. Thanks. You bet. Take care. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.